All right, well, it's so good to see you guys, like always. Um, so last time I gave my testimony, uh, I talked a little bit about how I underwent this radical transformation within my mentality, um, completely altering the way in which I viewed my relationship with people and my relationship with God. And, um, and, um, and, and I genuinely feel as though over the past um, few months and, and over the past year, the Lord's really been working on my heart and showing me what it looks like to operate within that newfound revelation. Uh, and so tonight, my goal is to share with you guys some of the things that I've been learning uh, over the past few months about um, what it looks like not just to say that I'm a son of the Most High, but what it looks like to actually operate within that, all right? All right, so I want to start around uh, April time. So how many of you guys remember Azusa, the Azusa Revival? How many of you guys actually went to it? Yeah, it was pretty dope. Um, so basically, this was like an all-day revival where 60 or 70,000 people gathered together within a stadium just to worship and praise God, right? And, um, and you can just imagine the, the kind of things that were happening. There was prayer, there was um, just people getting healed, people coming up out of wheelchairs. And, um, and, and to be honest with you guys, um, I genuinely feel as though I had never, you know, experienced the Lord's presence up until that point like that. Um, just God manifesting himself in so many ways. Um, one of them being pretty funny, I remember. Uh, so I had went with a few friends, and, um, and around 8 or 9 p.m., they had a bit of downtime where there wasn't any worshiping or, or, or praising. There was a guy speaking. They had a preacher, and, um, and me and Eden, actually, we had, she's already laughing because she knows, um, we had gotten down to the ground level, and, um, and I remember there was people eating food as they were watching the guys preaching, and I was watching this guy preach, and, um, and out of the corner of my eye, I spot a guy eating sweet potato fries. And, and if you know anything about me, you know I love sweet potato fries. And, um, and, and I look over to Eden, and I'm like, Eden, that guy has sweet potato fries. And she's like, Nazi, calm down, don't worry, we'll get some fries, because she knows I get crazy when it comes to food. Uh, she's, like, she's like, calm down, we'll, um, we'll, we'll, we'll grab some food um, afterwards. And, um, and I was like, all right, cool, whatever. And, um, and I kid you not, two minutes later, this guy gets up, picks up his sweet potato fries. I'm not making this up. She's my witness. So, I mean, just, I'm not making this up. He, he comes over to us. He says, hey, God told me to give you these sweet potato fries. <laughs> and I'm like looking at the fries. I don't even want to eat them anymore. I'm like, these are holy fries. Like, I want to take them back to Sacramento kind of thing. And, um, and the reason why I bring that up is because in a way that experience was sort of a microcosm of the entire experience that I had there, right? And, um, and, and you can say that for the next few days or so, I was on sort of this spiritual high where, where I was encountering God's presence so effortlessly and, and, and it just seemed so easy. I was, I was, I was singing and, 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 and humming to worship songs in the middle of class, praying and crying in my car and, um, and, and, and preaching to my youth group at the time that God wants to give you sweet potato fries and... And, and all these different things um, until about a week later when it felt like somebody had just turned off the switch in a way. Um, and, um, and, and, every, and what used to feel so effortless began to feel very, very labored and, and intense. And, um, and, um, and, I, and I remember asking the Lord, you know, like, like what happened? You know, I didn't change anything. Um, you know, like, 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 why is it so hard now? And, and I remember the Holy Spirit speaking to me in that moment saying, exactly, you haven't changed anything. And, and I felt the Lord say to me, you're not going to maintain new levels of intimacy with the same old habits. And that's when the Holy Spirit really started putting his finger on things that I um, hadn't yet surrendered to him yet. 
and showing me areas of my life that I hadn't yet completely submitted to him and the people around me. And, um, and it's hard for me. It's hard because I'm a guy who likes to uh, be in control of my situation in a way. I like, I, I, I like knowing what's going on. And, um, and, and I like the surrender where it's like, all right, God, you can have you know, this area of my life in a way, and then I'll just take care of everything that's going on over here. Um, um, but yeah, it was difficult, um, and, and the Holy Spirit was really showing me ways in which I needed to start submitting myself to him. Uh, so around last summer, the middle of last summer, I had actually ran into a friend of mine at a Starbucks who I uh, hadn't seen since high school, and, um, and, uh, and, and upon our conversation, he mentioned that he was in this, you know, just marketing business, and, 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 and basically, based upon the conversation that we had, he wanted me to join him up on it, and, um, and eventually, a little bit of time later, I had, uh, I had agreed to join him up on it and um, not really knowing what I was getting myself into. And, um, and you can say that I got very, very busy very quickly. I um, started taking on responsibilities, started making commitments, and, and just really starting to be just this very, very busy person, especially because of the fact that I'm a mechanical engineering student taking difficult courses with everything that was going on. It was very, very intense. Um, but regardless of that, I wanted to push through and, and, and make it work. The only issue with that was that I wasn't seeking the input of the people around me. And, um, and, and, and again, I just wanted to have this bulldoze mentality in a way. And, um, and everything was getting crazier and more hectic. So roll around fall semester and everything was just getting really, really out of control. I had commitments all the time. I was working two jobs on top of the classes that I was taking uh, in order to maintain the business that was going on. Uh, and it was just literally like I had everything, I, I had something to do every single hour of the week and, 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 and I only had like, you know, like six hours of sleep every single day and it was just getting super, super duper crazy and this led me to becoming very, very frustrated because I was struggling to meet the responsibilities of everything that was going on. However, at the same time, I wanted to be the one that was in control of the situation in a way. Leading me not to... Um, not to ask for help, and, um, and I remember around November time, that was really when the Holy Spirit started showing me the, the importance of community, the importance of the people that he's placed around you, and, and not just the friends and family who tell you what you want to hear, but rather because of the fact that they love you and because of the fact that they care about you, uh, tell you what you need to hear. I remember actually calling um, Eric Waterbury uh, around November time. I had actually... And, um, and I remember it was a very difficult conversation, but I was just telling him about what it was that I was doing. And, um, and, and because of the fact that he knew what it was that I was getting myself into, he understood the kind of commitments that I was making. And he was very upfront with me about it. And, um, and he said, I want you to know that I love you, Nathaniel, but, um, but I'm not happy that you're doing that. And that, um, that left something in me, even though I didn't recognize it at the time, it was definitely what I needed to hear in that moment. Um, probably the most awkward conversation we've ever had. But, um, but when a friend truly loves another friend, they're not afraid of an uncomfortable conversation. Uh, shortly after that, I had actually called my um, sisters. They were helping me with this, um, these essay applications that, um, that I was falling behind on because of everything that was going on. I didn't say that, but you know, it's funny how people close to you know what's going on without you really even saying a word. And, um, and, and they were helping me on it, and I just remember just not wanting help, not saying that I didn't need help. And, and, and I vividly remember saying to them this, like I said, I don't want your help. I don't know why you're helping me anyway. You know, I, I, I don't need it. And, um, and I'll never forget this. They said, we don't care. 
<laughs> they said, we're going to help you get through this no matter what it takes. You know, we'll, have to, we'll stay home from work if, we're, if, we, if, we, if we have to, you know. Because of the fact that we love you, we don't care. We're going to help you, even if you don't see it right now. And, um, and to be honest with you guys, that just broke something inside of me. And, um, and I was just like, God, <laughs> I can't do this. I, I just give it up to you. You know, I can't do this anymore. I, I need your help. I, I, I suck at doing things by myself without anybody else's help. Um, so immediately after that, a few days afterwards, I, had, um, I, I called the people that I was working with, communicated with them. I was like, look, I can't, you know, I can't keep on doing this. You know, I wish you guys the best of luck, but I just know this isn't for me in this moment. And, um, and you know, it's funny because it wasn't them necessarily telling me anything that I needed to do in a specific moment or, you know, commanding me to do anything. It was the love that they showed me that enabled me to step into that freedom, that lifted the, the burden from my shoulders, that made me feel like a completely new person. And there was just so much freedom in letting go of that. And, um, and looking back at it now, I realized that the freedom wasn't necessarily in uh, dropping an unnecessary responsibility, um, but rather the freedom and the liberation that I experienced stemmed from the trust that I had placed in somebody else rather than myself. You see, it's funny because when you trust somebody else and when you trust someone else's judgment over your, your own, you release the burden of a I have to do it mentality. You begin seeking the counsel of those who have gone before you and who actually care about you and you start to realize that you were never, made, you were never created to do this by, by yourself. And, um, and yeah, and, and, and it's just so amazing knowing that we weren't made to do this life outside of community. That's why we're all here tonight, because we were made to do this in community. And, um, and as I'm wrapping this up, you know, I just want to ask you guys, like, who's that person in your life that you're transparent with and, and, and maybe doesn't necessarily tell you what it is that you want to hear, um, but is willing to tell you what it is that you need to hear? Because that is so vital for the Christian walk, and as believers, we need those people uh, in our lives telling us what it is that we need to hear. Um, so as I close, uh, I actually want to leave you guys with a little something. Um, it's funny because I feel like I just realized when I'm in a season, when I'm just coming out of it in a way, and it's like I look back at all the chaos that transpired and I, and I, and I realize like, you know, the lesson that I need to learn and it's like, okay, that's why all that crap happened in a way. Um, never realized it within the season, but um, this is just a little something that I wrote um, out of the last one I just came out of and I wanted to share it with you guys tonight. Call it my mission statement. My goal for today and for the rest of my life is to be the best Nathaniel Shankut that I can be, to bring glory to his name through the acts that I do for others and the way I that I live my life, to be a game changer and a fearsome warrior within the kingdom, to be someone who builds up dreams and doesn't tear them down, to be a light in the middle of the darkness, to lead others in love, unity, honor, and integrity. The enemy will be scared every time my feet hit the ground. With the life that God has given me, I will not quit impacting as many lives as I possibly can, and I will love others and serve others until my time here is done. My name is Nathaniel Shankoop, and my goal for today is to kick some butt in Jesus' name. I love you guys. Home. 
One of his sisters actually stayed home from work. It's great to have people who believe in you so much that they're willing to just pay the price. And you do exactly what they tell you not to do. And then when you turn around, they're right next to you. So there are a couple of people like that in this room. So I encourage you, introduce yourself to people until you find them.